0: This is Allison Janney.
1: This is Matt Balmer.
0: This is Donna Murphy.
1: This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts Podcast with my favorite person on the planet, Ilana Levine.
0: A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you need an inspiration. He's a of and friends with some revelations. Little known fact of the day. Every little thing's gonna be A-OK. A-OK. Hey, everyone. New episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday, and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider, Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week, so if you love the show, please donate. Hey, my guest today is Connie Schulman. She plays Yoga Jones on the award-winning Netflix series Orange is the New Black. Connie first came on the scene when she appeared in the play Steel Magnolias and took the New York theater scene by storm. She then was cast in roles in movies like Men Don't Leave and Fried Green Tomatoes. She was a regular cast member on the ABC sitcom The Faculty. And she came into all of our homes originally as the voice of Patty Mayonnaise in the award-winning cartoon Doug. A-OK. okay Connie Shulman is in the podcast clubhouse right now. <laughs> I can't even believe it. If this is what it took to have a cup of coffee with you, I should have started doing this a long time ago. I'm so happy to see you. I'm really happy to see you. I think the thing that happened, and I think this is true of you and me and a lot of us who had kids around the same time is that you go into, like, you have Mm -hmm. your life, you're together all the time, you're, like, going to exercise class together and having a coffee and laughing and going, you know, to paint pottery, and then the next thing you know, 15 years have passed, and...
1: Yeah, you you sort of go under.
0: A little bit. You you disappear. You particularly went under. I think the last time I called you, you, Ephraim, was a little, little baby, And I called and your husband, the magnificent actor, Reed Burney, who will have to get on the show really soon because listeners have been asking, when is he coming on? How many listeners? Reed. Reed listening. Your your cousin uh, from Tennessee and Reed's uh, (laughs) high school drama teacher. But I called to ask you something and Reed was like, Connie, Alana's on the phone. And you're like, I can't get on the phone. Even yeah. what? I'm giving him dinner. And that was 15 years ago. So Still doing he it. He had dinner. Mm. But I feel yeah. like, um, well, what I want to share with everyone is Connie, when I met her, we were in acting class together. She was uh, truly one of the most uniquely special performers I had seen, worked with, and had the um, luck and good fortune of being in Sweet. class with together. And... I think maybe the first thing I remember you doing was Steel Magnolias, the play. Right. You did other things, but sort of the thing that I was like, oh, she's on her way. Like, this is a real thing, a real production. You were wonderful in it. It got great reviews, and it really sort of started your reputation and career as a theater actress in New York City. Is that your recollection? Yes, no,
1: no, that's exactly right. I came out from Tennessee and went to... A conservatory here for a couple of years and then you know you're finished and you're sort of like okay what do I do now and you do at that point it was a lot of temp jobs people did actually you have any typed. crazy
0: weird jobs when I you did. first started?
1: I did. So I worked for a temp agency and got sent to oh gosh, what's the name of that magazine? It wasn't Playboy, it was oh my gosh, Pustler? Penthouse okay. Penthouse. So I was working in the editing department at Penthouse, like editing people's like fantasy dream letters. They would write into Penthouse. It was a little magazine called Forum that had just like people's fantasies. And I was working with this like
0: complete weirdo woman. You were like, um, this is terrible grammar. I, I, I believe that's... after after you, you were was... on all fours, comma. <laughs>
1: It was <laughs> gross. And I actually recognized it was a girl from Johnson City, Tennessee, from her letter. I when it was time to go. Okay. Is what it was. Right. But that was sort of, yeah. That, that was, was a was, strong sign from the gods. That it was time to try to hit the stage a little bit longer. But so, um, yeah, so I had done this showcase, like actors, I I think they still do them, like you pay (laughs) to do these scenes that casting people maybe will come to. So I did one of those. And actually, uh, an agent came, it was a commercial agent. And I went into their office, they call me in. And the day that I got called in, the breakdown for Still Magnolia's was on somebody's desk. And I sort of was walking through the office and must have been talking to somebody. And they were like, oh, that That girl seems like somebody that should be going in for this. Right. So it was being completely in the right place at the right time. That's
0: amazing. I feel like uh, that has been a little bit of the story of your career to a certain degree. Because the next big milestone that people know you for, certainly recognize your voice from, was the cartoon Doug, which had, you know, a huge presence in the 90s. And if I recall, you were... In aerobics class with the wife of the creator, were you in that class with me? Yes, although I went. You and Helen Hunt, Mary
1: Tyler Moore. It was the weirdest group of people. Pia Zadora. It was straight. It was getting straight. And Helen Keller. Helen Keller was in there. She taught it. Oh my god! No, stop. The woman that did teach us. She later, like fifteen years later, she was like a mother at one of my kids' schools. So you know, six degrees of separation. Right. Exercise, exercise class.
0: Of us, I think, to be perfectly honest, that class was in 1993, maybe, and I think that's the last time I've exercised. But
1: <laughs> so well, you, I could, look you amazing? couldn't tell. But we're on radio, right? So, uh, yeah. So anyway, so she was an aerobics teacher, and what happened? I had done a series of mayonnaise commercials. It was like Welcome Back to Mayo was the little catch line thing. And her husband, Jim Jenkins, who worked for Jumbo Pictures, was looking to cast this this animated series that he was doing. And he said, My commercial came on TV and he said, That's the voice I want for this character. And she's like, Oh my gosh, that woman is in my exercise class, front row white leotard every Wednesday.
0: <laughs> you should see her leap and Anyway, I mean, it was gross great. what I was doing. But <laughs> she
1: came up to me and said, you know, would you mind? And at that point, it was seriously going to their apartment, and he had a little tape recorder, and that's how it started. And he recorded me reading a couple of things. And, you know, you're like, okay, nothing's going to happen there. Right, and but that
0: was a really long-lasting. fantastic. The thing about that cartoon, first of all, I don't think it's on anymore. Is it on, like, Nicola, what, it was It's you on
1: it? at Nick at Night. Okay. Like, they did a whole sort of resurgence of all of those Rugrats and okay. Doug. I mean, I know you food. can also
0: go to YouTube and, and see uh, yeah, them yeah, there. Yeah. But the thing that I thought was sort of remarkable, remarkable I'm going to say that drinking. again. She's drinking the, the, the thing about a podcast is you can drink. Which she's doing right now. Um, It sort of reminded me a little bit of the Peanuts gang in terms of Doug being this character. Mm -hmm. And Patty Mayonnaise, who you played, sort of reminded me of Lucy Van Pelt. And there was this dynamic of him having this endless crush on this character. Yeah, definitely a
1: little Charlie Brown character and um, with sidekicks. Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. Why
0: do you think that cartoon, what was it about it that... Reach and maybe this is a good time to introduce the fact that Connie also plays Yoga Jones, uh, a character on the really popular show that has taken the world by storm called Orange Is the New Black. And I recently saw a mashup where they took yeah. Hattie Mae, <laughs> <It's hilarious. and laughs> Yoga Jones, and had sort of like that lunchroom table conversation right. between Doug and Yoga Jones, and it's actually hilarious. Uh, very well done. So you really must feel fun. like what wow, I've made it, like I'm a mashup.
1: I, I suppose so. You know, I've had the strangest, I don't know, the strangest career. And I think there's just been, I've been really fortunate that the things that I've actually done have been these sort of, um, I don't know, they're, they've left a really large impact. And um, they're few and far between but because I took fifteen years off so to raise my kids, so let's talk about that. You so. were
0: working, and then you got pregnant with your first child, right. and you sort of decided to take attachment parenting to a new level. <laughs> Which is that is don't so... call back. Don't call back your friend.
1: Don't attach to anyone except your kids.
0: No, but in all seriousness, and I use the term attachment parenting, you know. No, but you're absolutely, you're you're right. uh, There's a little bit of truth to it. But mostly, I think you were someone who really wanted your kids and loved being with them and actually found yourself completely consumed happily and were fortunate enough. Everyone, there are a lot of people who might like to do that and might not have the luxury of being able to do that because financially, that's not something they could do. But the fact that you were able to make that work is amazing. And so we'll talk more about that. But the idea that you called me a couple of years ago and you're like, you know what? I think I want to try this again. And I was like, oh, that's adorable. Connie wants to dip her toe back in the water. Maybe she'll get a voiceover for, you know, clear (laughs) And the next (laughs) thing I know, it's like, Connie Schulman is the new star of Orange is the New Black. Can you tell me about the audition process for Yoga Jones and how this came together? Well, um, okay, so it had been a really
1: long time since I had auditioned for anything. And my kids were starting to become actors and I was taking them on some things. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to see if there's anybody out there that remembers me. You know, so I was trying to dig up an agent did you go door to door like,
0: hi, can I, like it, was, it, was almost, it was, it was, it was, it was, it Like, that. can I leave
1: some information? Stop. It was, it was seriously looking through like a Rolodex. I think mm-hmm. we actually had one and I'm looking through there and I had like, I'm like, I have an old friend who now sort of worked his way up now runs his own agency so I, you know, I did the thing where I called him. I said I want to pick your brain. I go to lunch. I basically begged him to sort of
0: just keep an eye out for something that might right. be right for you. You
1: know, he said, "Look, Connie, headshots are now in color. You might want to update. They Everything's are? done online. What? You know, it was sort of like he was bringing me up fifteen years into technology because I had you're like
0: bit. you're like Brie Larson. You've been in a room.
1: You've been in a- <laughs> I was in the crib with my son, Ephraim, for 15 years. So then he sort of updated me. I pestered him for about two months. He said, what's going on? It was the second audition I had. He said, here, something's come in. It's a yoga teacher. Netflix is had just started Netflix what they were doing. Netflix is on
0: your computer. He explained to you at Netflix was. He was. You know, Netflix
1: right. to us was getting the movies in the mail. Right. And never finding them or turning them back in. And so... You know, he sort of explained to me what that was. And then I went in for this yoga teacher. And what I remember was that the sides were remarkable. Uh It was beautiful writing. Uh Like you knew right away. I mean, even I knew that after not having auditioned for a long time. Having not read for 15
0: years. I I mean, you you know,
1: (laughs) some Dr. Seuss maybe. But this was like, yeah, on the par with him. So I go in there and there are, you know, 25, 30 women all different types, mm. all wearing their version of what a yoga outfit was. And went in there, read with the with the casting person, and that was it. And I, I remember I'd gone out to lunch with, the, with my friend, who's the agent, and he had forgotten his phone, and he was really distracted the entire lunch. And as soon as we left, I went home. He called. He said, I've found my phone. They want you for that part. There was no callback. There was no nothing. That was it. I kind of freaked out because I th- think I thought I wanted to go back and and test this out, but right. I wasn't expecting to get anything. But it was shot in New York and it all seemed doable. The thing that was really funny was I go to the wardrobe fitting and the woman's pulling out all these like sort of beige horrible sweatpants and um and I had gone there thinking, you know, Lululemon, totally. perhaps. Totally. How cute am I going to look?
0: Maybe Kate Hudson's new line of yoga <laughs> exactly. wear would be adorable. Like, how good am I going to look, right, on this show? Not only my back, but I'm coming I'm a back. yoga in a bit, instructor.
1: Coming back in a big way, and yeah. I was like, "Why are you?" I was like, "Oh, I was thinking something tighter." <laughs> and she's like, "Well, you're you're an inmate." I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, no, I'm the yoga teacher. I come, I teach yoga, I leave. They're like, no, you don't leave. Like, I had not read anything. So I was under the impression I came and went. It wasn't until the wardrobe fitting that I, somebody told me that I was actually in prison. <laughs> when you, know, you came on as Yoga Jones, it was terrifying. I don't think I've ever been so scared in my life.
0: First of all, I have a question. Um, it's called Orange is the New Black, but I do notice that the inmates are generally in beige. So I want to understand. Right. Well, beige looks better on people, (laughs) clearly. But it's not called Beige is the New Black. (laughs) When you're a newbie, when you first get there, you're in orange. That's how everyone knows. Yeah. Like, let's get that girl. She's still in orange.
1: She's the one. She's the orange girl. So, you know, you'll see when Taylor and some of the new girls come in, they're in orange. And you stay in orange, I don't even know how long. Because I, when the show started, I'd been in prison a while. So I was already... In beige.
0: What is the atmosphere like on that set? Obviously, girls' high school. Is it? it? Yeah, yeah. Is it clicky? Um, it is. Does like, anyone sit with you during lunch?
1: No one likes me. <laughs> oh, no God. one likes me. This is sad. Well, you thing know ever. what? It, 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 what happens is just like in girls' high school. You know, you find you find your people. You find your the people that you're going to be with. Sometimes it happens just in the script because the way it is, it's sort of tribe oriented. So, right. you know, you have the Latino girls. You have the African American group. You have the white girls you have the Asian group, you have, and then you have some floaters. Right. And you have uh, the Golden Girls. Thank God they didn't want me there. Right. I was like, please don't. I'm not a Golden Girl yet. Being on a show that large with that many people and new people come in all the time. Right. It, it It's interesting. You you do make an impact, you're, but you're, you're a quilt. You feel like you're part of this pretty extraordinary
0: quilt. Right. To be in an ensemble is sort yeah. of the um I mean, it seems quite theatrical. It seems much like a play in certain ways. Maybe yeah. in terms of the um there aren't that many things where so many characters That's are written right. for. But I noticed at the award shows I don't see you there, <laughs> no. and I was wondering, um, was <laughs> that at... a co- well? You know, I just was curious if that has mm-hmm. been a conscious decision for you, because a lot of people on your show do a lot of press, yes, they and do. are very much looking at this as this is happening now. This is amazing, and I, I want to build on it. it. And okay. I'm, I feel very important because I'm on this show as well, right? And so can you talk a little bit i mean just even getting you for this podcast feels like a coup you to be perfectly so honest you are so cute so you're um, so
1: cute you know um i think it's a combination of things i'm not 25 i'm not 30 years old i'm not looking at i'm not a social media person i'm i'm sometimes wonder that if i what had been growing up during where this sort of hit would i be seizing it it's just not it's just not me the award shows, uh, premieres, red carpets, you know, you could just say it's just not, it's just not me. It's, I think there's respect for people that just aren't going to do that. It's like my heart's not in that aspect. I came into this because I wanted to, I wanted to be an actress. I'm not a self-promoter. That stuff just, I don't know, it just gets under my skin. So, so what um, about
0: now? So you have kids. Ephraim and, yeah, Gus, and Gus, who are both pursuing it. Let's talk about children actors and what's your thought about that? And they're not teeny tiny. It's not like they're the Olsen twins on Full House. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're teenagers, of, right? Right. I mean, your right. family's like the Lunts, the Barry. I mean, you're or quite a dynasty, the Flintstones. Right now. <laughs> You know what? The Lunts, the Barrymores, and the Flintstones. When I think of sort of three great, the legacy of those <laughs> acting royalty that's, families.
1: That's, that's us. <laughs> Uh, You know, the red (laughs)
0: green, neither Reed
1: or I ever was going to dissuade our kids from doing something that we actually love. Right. You know, when people are like um, actors and they're like, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, I'll tell my kids anything but this. Well, that sort of doesn't make sense to me because if you're doing it, hopefully it's because of joy, not the paycheck, because that's that's not consistent but the love of doing what you're doing if your kids are showing an inclination towards that then you know by all means we're gonna completely support them why not it's it's one of the funnest professions you could ever be in right and um so they see their parents go through it they've seen their dad on a roller coaster ride so they they have no when he worked at great adventure when he
0: was like six <laughs> like, Flagged. when he was at Coney Island. He was <laughs> running the... Right, right. so, so, well, so exactly, I want to thank you. By the way, her husband, Reed Burney is plays the vice president on the other Netflix series that's right. incredibly popular right now called House of Cards. So you're a two-net... Like show household.
1: Yeah. So we're just, you know, we're talking about each other and each other's
0: work. <laughs> all the time. That's what we're doing. You're amazing. No, you're amazing.
1: But I think what's great is because we're all in the same boat. Right. You know, the four of us, we're all different ages, but we're we're like oddly colleagues. We're all doing the same thing. We all get it when somebody has worked really hard and doesn't get it or
0: somebody mm-hmm. gets close. And So if one of you, like, doesn't get something, are you like... I don't know. We're secretly we happy, that. secretly like good. You're back where I am, <laughs> square right. one. I wasn't liking it when you were getting a little head of mommy. I mean, it's like okay, this is uh, okay. This is where we are. So, okay. uh, my daughter, who's
1: 16, got asked to do um, rose at the in the rose tattoo with Marissa Tomei this summer at Williamstown. Okay, which is a, 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 I mean, I started out there as an apprentice. It's right. a big deal. I think I. Was a custodian. You were, yeah, you were on the janitorial <laughs> staff, as I recall.
0: No, but I were, I can say I worked at Williamstown. Well, exactly. It totally gaps.
1: Totally so,
0: okay, so here she is. She gets cast. Now I have
1: to go with her this summer because she's she needs a guardian. And so they're like, well, why don't we put you in it also? Nice.
0: You're like one of the like widows. So, of, oh, the it's Greek worse, chorus. It's
1: worse than that. I'm like an environmental performer, like somebody that's like
0: back there with trees. No, but Connie, it's very integral to the story. Uh, no, it totally it's is. not. It's not really just you with like branches on your head, looking like a tree. It's very important to the story. Oh, it's the tone. It's the mood setter. But so we're at this
1: reading in front of all the casting people and Williamstown staff, and she's over there. You know, we're all highlighting our our pages, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm (laughs) like a mute.
0: There's, like, nothing. And she's over there, you know, like. She's like, can I get another highlighter? This one's run out of, (laughs) there's no more yellow in this one. I mean, Mommy, go get me one.
1: I mean, it'll be really fun and a great time. But, you know, I've never been on stage with, my kids before in wow. a very
0: supporting capacity, and she snubbed me after. <laughs> she's oh. like, "Mom, I'm so sorry, you can't come. There's an after thing. There's an after reading party. I'm you're so out. Sorry, uh, I'll see you later."
1: She's off and running, right? And she will. We certainly will help her. But so they really need to help us. Why? Thank God.
0: Why mm-hmm. is this happening for her?
1: Look, you grow up with parents that are. In this business, and like any business, you're going to help your kids. It's a very different upbringing than
0: than what I had when I'm coming from... Which was being a Jewish girl in Tennessee. Right.
1: I mean, how many people... Were you the done... only there Jewish, Jewish were two. girl in...
0: T- you and your sister. Well,
1: actually, there were, there were seven <laughs> in my family, and then I had one other friend.
0: So there were eight... Jewish children in I would state say of Tennessee. so I would say so yeah Was that, in East um, Tennessee right your parents were not originally from Tennessee were they no they were from Brookline
1: Massachusetts and Boston so they um, went down to East Tennessee to open up a company so they had a you know let go a lot of their roots and so they assimilated pretty quickly I think so I think so without sort of Losing their politics and their ideals. So you
0: were very little during the 60s, obviously.
1: Martin Luther King was killed on April 4th on my 10th birthday. I've been writing a book about it for probably eight years. And it's a fictional of us of of a young Jewish girl growing up in East Tennessee in 1968. And I had remembered previously up to that, like my parents marching Mm -hmm. in Memphis and It was devastating. It was devastating to my parents as it was sort of watching the women that raised me and all these women that were the help in our family, our maids, we called them maids. And my parents loved them. But there was still they were in the kitchen. You know, it was still like an odd sort of separation, even though they would have done anything for them. And the night that Martin Luther King was shot, there was a coming together in the living room for everybody to watch. I guess Walter Cronkite talk about it on the news. Right. And it was a moment of seeing all of those lines just smeared.
0: Are you in touch with any of those people from your childhood? Is um, anyone still around or alive? Or Yeah. We went back. Two of
1: them re renewed their vows, their wedding vows. So they were married 50 years, and all my siblings went back to their small little Southern Baptist church and was there for their wedding. It was an incredible moment for me. And they were family, they are family, and I was shielded from, I'm sure, a lot that was going on. Because of the nature of who my parents were.
0: Right. And what a different childhood your kids are having growing up oh, in New York. Oh, completely different. A completely different world. Completely and... different. Did you love raising yeah. kids in New York?
1: I mean, I do. I do. I think this is an incredibly tough time for young kids to grow up because of, yeah, because of technology, because of right. social media. You know, you bring up your kids... In such a way that you, hopefully we trust whatever they're doing and that their decisions are, their choices are smart and, and, um, we're all so in each other's face. I mean, that's the great thing about living in New York though. Yeah. You're in these squished apartments. You're apartment. all in one bedroom. You know what yeah. everybody's doing yeah. and where everybody is. Yeah. You can't get away from each other. And that sort of keeps you so on top of what's going on and, and you've got eyes everywhere and they've got eyes on you. Yeah. You better and, be careful. So, I mean, I, seriously. And it's, you know, I think that is really great. I do.
0: All right. Now this is such yeah. a crazy segue, but as you were talking, uh, I was picturing that incredible episode on orange is the new black, where you really reveal to your castmate why you're there. And right. You know, it's the deer story uh-huh. and it's, um, remarkably moving. And part of what's so incredible about it is the matter of fact telling of it. And I wondered on the day that you shot that, did you do it a lot of different ways? Were you directed to try it in different ways? And are you privy to your story and your background? And when was it revealed to you why Yoga Jones had, you know, there is imprisoned? No, there was, there's no reveal So until you got that script, to. you did not know why you were there? No. I mean,
1: I know a lot of, um, because this was based on a book that a lot of women, a lot of the actors on the show most of them probably read the book
0: have you met the woman that you yeah, are playing yeah okay yeah
1: i had no i have not met the woman that i've played i've okay. met uh, piper who wrote it and it's her story i have had somebody talk to me and actually show me a picture of the the woman that i'm playing and she's lovely so there's no prior which is which is really tricky on one end because you don't know If you don't have a lot of information, you're filling in a lot of blanks for yourself, and then maybe you're given a script that's not matching with what you were filling in, just because you have to come up with something. And then you were sort of switching gears, and it's like... Well, what had you
0: made up for yourself as to why you were incarcerated? Well, you know, I figure if
1: someone just from, I guess, my first scene and her sort of... Like she's she's telling she's telling Piper that make a make like a mandala here mm-hmm. while you're here mm-hmm. and make something beautiful out of the experience. As horrendous as the experience might be, you can create something wonderful for yourself. And the kind of person that would say something like that to me is someone who is also trying to do that Mm -hmm. for herself. And, and she says it in such a way, the nature, she's sort of a Buddhist, that she's yoga, that um, she is running from something probably pretty dark and is trying to forgive herself and is surrounding herself with things. She's such a sort of gentle Mm -hmm. character in a sea of wild, out-there sort of creatures. I mean, I guess this is the beauty of this material. It's really out there. It's it's stuff that seemingly maybe on paper doesn't make
0: a lot of sense. Also, for... the, the crime you committed is oh, so really sad. the worst thing imaginable, right. right? And so as much as she is trying to live in the light and on this other plane where she doesn't have to remain in touch with the agony of that moment. Right. There's also, I would imagine, a part of her that wants to punish herself. And as we come to the end of our interview together, I just want to say that I will never ask you to put a metal nail in an outlet as long as I live. Because that is how much I love you. And I love you, too. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I hope you'll come back another time. It's been a joy. Thank you, Connie Shulman. See you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Clouds can make the wind I'm Alana Levine. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to rate and review our show in the iTunes show page.